button, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> What's up? Welcome to another episode of Snacks Packs. This episode is brought to you by the Foundation to Euthanize Unruly Animals. If there is a man in your life who has given you problems, give us a call and we'll euthanize him. Preferably with a large caliber round. Yeah, right in the fucking face. Or a small, a bunch of small caliber rounds. Yeah, a bunch of small caliber rounds. Whichever works. Um, Man, so I texted you about this. It's it's funny you mentioned that because it reminded me. Um... I was watching videos of people dying on 4chan, uh, specifically defensive shootings, and first of all, tons of Brazilian content. (laughs) (laughs) Insane amount. Did you see that one of the Sao Paulo police I sent you? Uh, Dude, they, they, they like pull up on these dudes, and they're like falling over in the alley, and the cops are like, executing them on Jesus camera. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> on the ground. Good God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but there's a video I saw of a um, guy with a baseball bat. So, like, the SUV stops this other car. He comes out. He's got the baseball bat. And he swings it. He does swing it. He hits the dude. And then he, the other guy pulls the gun out. He starts running and gets shot. The guy... The, the shooter then walks up to the dude who's, like, face down, and he fucking hits him with an execute. You can't do like, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, like, legally a little yeah, not viable. Yeah, no, that is not, uh, um, that's not self-defense. So I tried to Google. I was, like, I want to see what happened to this guy. Because, to be fair, I have seen one instance that looked a little bit like an execution-y thing at the end, but that guy had a gun. The guy, the guy that got shot had a gun, yeah. and that guy, the shooter on that instance, got cleared because if they have a gun, it's a lot more dangerous. They could move and get up. It's normal to fire down. But yeah, when, yeah. When they're like twenty feet from you, face down with the bat not in their hand, you can't walk up behind them no. and execute yeah. them like a hog for real. Um, so I tried to Google it. I was like, baseball bat shooting, execution, street, and uh, first. <laughs> way too many results dude yeah i was like what are you talking about that's like and i gotta tell you guys right now listeners the baseball bat guy always gets shot and dies yeah it doesn't work no don't be the baseball bat guy in america it's not gonna work second of all every single result was in florida yeah no shit oh my god florida's got a lot of crazy baseball bat guys so i could not actually find i never did find the videos looking for it i just i saw like six different videos of a baseball bat a guy get shot and i was like all right forget it this is different if you're if you're having a road rage incident with somebody in america or brazil you should assume that they are packing yeah uh, i know dude that i know i i'm like i i just i don't give a shit about road rage stuff enough to, like besides that one time i was really I would, tired i'm of not Friday. a road rager I no, would, if someone yeah. if someone like cuts me off i'm like whatever dude i or i'll be like fuck you but whatever i, I don't give a yeah. shit about it enough to like be like pull over i'm gonna kick your ass it don't no. make no sense dude insane no sense yeah. at all. like what you're a grown man and you're trying to fight me over like a parking I space love, i always love the uh 
Louis C.K. bit he has about how insane it is the way we treat each other just by like having a thin layer of glass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, imagine if you were an elevator and someone like came into your space a little and you were just like, hey, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> With a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't do that shit. No, that's true. Yeah, it's crazy how much like being in a car fucking like gets people really, you know, in their elevator. They, ele- they, they turn into fucking animal. animals, bro. They turn into they goddamn monsters. Real. Uh, but don't by- be the baseball bat guy because i'm like the baseball bat guy is so stupid i'm like first of all you've escalated this from a like oops yeah. to like now it's a charge yeah guaranteed yeah you're gonna damage something if you're gonna swing the bat or you're gonna get shot yeah all bad as soon- all bad as soon as you pull out a baseball bat you've you have escalated the situation to you possibly dying and uh, I will say in the video that I'm talking about, I admire the the second guy. He didn't pull his gun out until he got swung on. Yeah. And he's, he's like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will admit, if someone's walking up to me with a bat I've already, like, and yeah. I'm in my car, I'm going to pull my gun out yeah, before, if, yeah, yeah. before they get to But me. I also would never get out of my car. If someone's coming up with a bat, leave. Yeah. I'm never going to shoot anybody if I don't have to. I will simply drive away. Yeah. It, if someone I'm gets in a out, car. I've had that people happen where they get out, and I'm like, amazing. I drive yeah. away. Like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. <laughs> Fucking idiot, bro. Dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a car, dude. The classic GTA move of stop and wait for them to get yes. out, and then you take yeah. off. <laughs> you think I haven't played GTA four or dude, five for yeah. fucking a decade now, dude, bro? For real. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm not a road rage person, so just like fucking getting into a fight on the side of the street doesn't appeal to me. Um, for me to dude, like, dude, fights are life ruiners, and I'm only going to do it if I have to, yeah. and if it matters. Yeah. So it's never going to be over some bullshit. Absolutely uh, not over like a fucking like I cut you off or you cut me off or some shit like that. I had some yeah, guy, I'm like, yeah, I'm like exceptionally chill when it comes to like getting into like fender benders or whatever. Like I'm never the angry person. There was a guy I was trying to turn oh, on, same. I was trying to turn same. on sixth street and this dude in a fucking Camaro, like started backing up and then just backed into me in the left turn lane. I was like, what the fuck? So I got out of my car and he was like, yeah, I must've been rolling backwards or you're rolling forwards. And I was like, no, I was stationary, but it doesn't seem to be any damage. So I'm not too worried about it. See you later. Have Dude, a good one. The thing is, if they start to eat crow about it, I'm like, all right, we're cool. But yeah. if they're like, oh, I don't know what you did there. I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, yeah. that's not correct. You did it wrong. Yeah. You, you're you you're bad. Me. You did the worst. Yeah. Yeah. You, you did it. You did it on me. Not a, I did it on you. Yeah. Wrong. That's a, yeah. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, shame. Um, nightmare, nightmare, nightmare. I wanted to read a message that we got from a new listener. Really? Uh, I thought that would be a good one. Yeah, yeah. I think you and I might have talked about this. Uh, so they messaged just out of the blue. So I follow the Insta close enough that if I get a new message from a new person, they're almost certainly a new follower. Yeah. I, I can tell if it's a new fo- So I'm always ask for some more info. But they messaged just out of the blue. They said, this, their name is Jim. Uh, they said hello from Melbourne, Australia. So we have Australian listeners. Badass. Hell yeah. Melbourne. We let's were go, talking dude. about that recently, weren't we? About having like a surge of Australian listeners. Yeah. yeah, there we are. Wow. We've got more in Australia in the last month than Kansas. We're huge in Australia. None of our friends listen to this podcast, obviously. No. Uh, so they said today while I was catching up on the podcast while at work and I listened to you talking about super senses and that no known case of super smell. He said, I don't know if this counts as super level, but when it comes to smell, my wife's sense of smell is so strong, she can actually smell someone bleeding in the same room as her. She can smell what other women are having their period, which I was like, oh, man, that's crazy. That's insane. And also, uh, I feel bad for her for this one. She can preemptively smell if I'm going to fart before I actually fart by a couple minutes, which is 
That's bonkers. wild. That's insane. That's She's like, you're brewing up a bad one yeah. right now. I'm like, really? <laughs> like, Holy shit, dude. Oh my god, I think I might be. That's yeah. insane. Um, he says, I don't know if that meets the requirements of a super sense, but she's the only person I've ever heard of that has a level of smell that strong. Keep up the podcast. Love listening to you both while I'm at work. I think um, that, I think that, that is a super sense. Yeah, that's a super no, sense. Yeah. That's super sense. I'm like, you could probably smell drugs or cancer in people's bodies. Probably, yeah. Point. I mean, I can't smell uh, when someone's about to fart, so uh, I no. think that qualifies I'm, as yeah. a super sense. I'm pretty sure. Uh, they also, so I asked them how long they've been listening to the podcast. They said. They'd only started listening a month ago, but after listening to the five most recent uh, podcasts at the time, I decided I need to hear it all. So they jumped back to the first season. Damn ah, it. Damn. God damn, damn it. And they started working their way through it. Uh, they did like the growing up with the internet season, though. A, nice. lot, of, a lot of people, all oh, millennials did, because we talked about all the websites. Yeah, we all the websites on. we went to when we were kids. And they said that they discovered the podcast via his wife finding snacks and on her instant discover page and showing me gang, insane gang, gang insane gang, you can yeah. pluck them from the internet bro it's, yeah we're getting there we're getting there also that guy messaged me later because he is listening all the way through and he said um Snackson said that he had seen 2001 A Space Odyssey in Season 3, Episode 1, <laughs> Alone in the Cosmos, at the 3619 mark. Yeah, I'd be lying sometimes. I'd just be lying. Zach said he definitely hadn't seen it. Goose said that he has in an earlier episode, and I challenged someone to find that he did. Yeah. And Jim did, and you got called out. You're yeah. a liar. Well, I, I said that. That was what I just said. That's true. I, I said yeah. in the episode, I was like, I lied to you and said I watched it at an earlier yeah. episode, but I don't remember which one it was. because I, I thought that was so Sometimes funny. I'd be lying about stuff like that, because like, it's one of those things of like, you just, someone's like, you seen this? And you're like, no. And like, oh my god, dude, you gotta watch this. Well, sometimes this. It's, like, oh, I ask fuck. that, because I want to use yeah, it for it's the relevant. show. It. yeah it's relevant yeah, yeah i get you i get you but sometimes i just be lying about what shows i watch uh i'm pretty for also, since we're talking about uh fans real quick we should call out maddie for that's what i was gonna say not yeah. yeah fucking following me on everything else and not listening to the podcast what's wrong with you and then asking and where do the i audacity. find it yeah where do i where do, do i find I the find podcast it? what do you mean where do you find the podcast literally Those anywhere promo- 50 times a year you, you can know, like, find it on pandora nobody uses that anymore truly we can find remember you can find it on uh a chromecast device yeah cast which is, box. yeah which is crazy. audible whatever that is cast box uh yeah cast box yeah. i haven't even heard of that. that that was from this most recent month shout out to whoever's listening to it on the internet what Explorer. is samsung free oh also again we do have another listen from itunes which what like, that's crazy how are you doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't even think itunes exists i said you haven't updated any of your devices in a long time it sounds like um, uh, I, I do you want to talk listener. about Nicki Minaj losing her goddamn 41 year old mind on the dude I know yeah week? about fucking oh Megan the Stallion which is crazy God. and Megan the Stallion so unbothered that. by it did you it. listen to that song was it uh, Bigfoot it, it, yeah was? Bigfoot it was on my for you page enough that I didn't need to listen to it but I was like yeah right mm, okay I was it like, was this bad. is bad and like she has like a coke rant at the end of it and oh, you're like jeez and, and then she's tweeting she's like I've never done coke and we're like Oh, why are you but one lies two <laughs> you ain't gotta lie to kick it like every we're adults yeah, well, we're adults we do cocaine sometimes it's not that big of a deal fine. yeah it's fucking fine, it's fine. she's so embarrassing herself I, i'm like please guys can we all remember this is a 41 year old woman dude and like this is not a 22 year old chronically and, online zoomer uh-huh and uh from what i remember megan the sound didn't even say her name in her song she just no. said megan's law no she calls she out took, like 
she calls out, was it like a sex offender? Or yeah, calling out. She's like, you can't have, I can't have my uh, husband near a school. And and Nikki totally tells yeah. on herself. She's like, fuck yeah, you, that, Megan. That, like, that's got to be about me. I was like, well, you did marry was, a sex was, offender. So, I, I was mean. Like, well, and you continue to defend him. Yeah, yeah if the so. shoe fits, fucking lace that bitch up and wear it. If the shoe fits, go to jail. Yeah, and go straight to released. jail. Never be released, please. Uh, yeah, that shit's been really funny. Anything else been going on this week? I didn't have a lot. Um, we may be going to war with some new nation. Again, so I've been, I try not to get into too much detail, but now we're looking at potentially even exploring strikes on Iranian territory. Nice. And again, every time this, we've had Jordan, Syria, um, uh, Jordan, Syria, Iraq, Iran, the Red Sea, Every time there's an expansion, uh, the, the U.S. says we are not looking for an expansion of this conflict. Yeah. Like, we, we totally have. Yes, please, guys. please. It, it's it's seriously it's so expanded. Yeah, right now. it is. It's domain expansion is what's happening. So that's very exciting. We'll see what we do with that. Yeah, one. I do. Um, my favorite thing is all the British people posting on their TikToks about going to war and like <laughs> and just like <laughs> what, how they wouldn't go to war at all. They're just like, we're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. And I was like, like you, we're not. This dude, is the worst generation to ask to go to war. Like it's just that's true. We're though. not going to do it. Absolutely is. I'm, I'm like, sorry. I'm sorry. This America isn't that great. Not fighting for yeah, it. Yeah, not and fighting especially for not it. like in Jordan, dude, or Syria. Fuck no, you know? I'm not going to fucking no. Syria for this America. You can suck my ass. Absolutely. It's funny because I would be like a full on. I could be in the military. This is my career, and then they're like, "We're gonna go to war in Syria." And I'm like, "I quit. I'm out. Send me to jail. I'm out. Yeah, I don't I, care. dude. I'll like, spend no. time in, in a federal no. prison before Send I go to, to Syria." Bro- and everyone's like, "Why'd you go to prison?" So I didn't fight in Syria because mm. that's stupid. I'm not fighting Dumb. in fucking Syria. No. I'm sure there's enough good old boys in this country that'll fucking step up to go the plate for this country. Go fucking do I'm your thing. I don't turning care. another Middle Eastern nation in the glass no. for no goddamn reason. Fuck no. Um. Oh yeah, it's my birthday today which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah, it is. You're, yeah. what, 73 now? Uh, 16. Sweet 16. Oh, yeah. shit. I can't even 16 buy 16 and 4.11, that's yeah. no way to go through 16 life. 16 and 4.11, it's no way to go through life, but it's the way I'm going through life, unfortunately. Are you going to do anything fun for your birthday? Uh, I think we're going to go to main, yeah, that and go to uh, main event. Uh, we were going to go to the Nelson, but it's uh, closed. Oh, closed, today. yeah. Yeah, because right. they got dumb fucking operating hours. Oh, for anyone listening, uh, keeping up to it, I still don't have my work laptop. Hell yeah, dude. They lost it. Hell yeah, dude. FedEx, that, we're at the stage now, FedEx has lost it. That's incredible. <laughs> my second replacement laptop. Dude, that's awesome. That's so tight. It's insane. Dude, FedEx really be on one. They really be one. I watched this movie Arkansas the other night. It was really good. I enjoyed it. It's got Vince Vaughn. A movie called Arkansas is good. Yeah, yeah. Breaking news. Um, let's see, Arkansas movie. Oh shit, Clark Duke. Damn, yep. bro. I haven't seen him in a minute. Yep. It's got Clark Duke, Eden Brolin. Damn, is that that's Josh Brolin's kid, right? Did what? you grow up watching Sex Drive? Hell or, yeah, or we grew up watching normal? Sex Drive. Hell yeah, 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 bro. That movie. Did you watch the dura- the Under, underrated version? Yeah, that yeah. had the like just uh, gratuitous cop and boob shots. It has Vince Vaughn, Liam Hemsworth, John Malkovich, uh, and then Michael Kenneth in it as well. It's it's pretty good. It's not bad. It was decent. It's got a good cast. Is a, I think when it, is it a comedy? 
No, it's oh, like a comedy. Say, anytime a comedy drama. has fifty percent, that it's usually pretty decent. It's got like funny parts and shit. It's about these dudes. You just can't have drugs. Clark. I was like, I can't believe that they would use Clark Duke and then have a serious. Movie yeah, it's nuts. like it's borderline serious, borderline like comedy. You know what I'm saying? There's like. It's about these kids who are running drugs, and he's one of them with Liam Hemsworth. Uh, it's really good, though. I enjoyed it a lot. It's got Vince Vaughn in it, which I was like, damn, I haven't seen Vince Vaughn in a while. Been a minute. Yeah. The last Vince Vaughn movie I saw was Cell Block 99. I was think that good? I saw that on, on that. Was it really? Dude. Was it really cool? Oh, dude, Vince Vaughn was a thug in that damn, movie. It was crazy. Tight. It's kind of like, um, what do they call that? Not grindhouse it's kind of like a grindhouse movie it's a little excessively violent a lot nice. of like corn syrup blood that's pretty uh, cool. and and vince dude vince vaughn's a big guy and him being like uh intimidating was actually I, like he sold it he yeah, totally sold it i could see that vince vaughn is a large man brawl and cell block 99 that's brawl and cell block dude, i've been seeing it on netflix i, I watched that movie right after i watched fuck i just had the name jamie lannister was in it you know what I'm talking about? No. Shot Caller. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Shot. I, see, when you came out the same year, so I always get them yeah, mixed up. Yeah, I was, I was thinking of Shot Caller earlier when you were like, oh, it reminds me of, and you said Grindhouse, but I was like, oh, is it Shot Dude, Caller? Shot Caller was, that was cool. a good movie. Yeah, uh, that was a good movie. But yeah, Cell Block is exactly as good as Shot Caller. <clears throat> nice. Honest. Okay. Fuck yeah. See, yeah. I'll have to go it's check good. it out. That's awesome. It's good. It's good. You watch anything new recently? Um, I just finished The Wire. I'm deeply sad about it. Uh, I've been trying to get somebody to watch it just so I have someone to talk to about it. Um, I'm actually watching... It turns out I stopped watching Rick and Morty around season four. Nice. So I'm in the new seasons. I like it so far. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm a simpleton. I think it's good. You could I really be. like season five. That's yeah. I have to check out season five. I haven't watched that show in God knows how long. Been... I need to. F- so now my next goal is to finish Better Call Saul. I need. To uh, yeah, that. I started. That I I don't know why it. I keep falling off it. It is a good show. I just I don't know. No, I get I it. I struggle. I get it. I struggle. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. We started watching uh, Gravity Falls. It's a really good show. Oh, I love Gravity, Gravity Falls. Falls. Pretty bro. cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> Um, did you, how, where are you at in your book? Uh, I haven't, I haven't read much, uh, uh, the last couple days or whatever. Um, it's been a week since I haven't been feeling super cash money. Also, another thing that cracks me up in that book is in between chapters, which it's, I've never read a book on uh, snow crash, uh, in between chapters and snow crash, they do like these weird sound effects and it's like. It's like chapter six, and there's like lasers, and it's like pew, 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 pew. And then, like, this weird guy speaking Arabic in the background, dude. I don't know how, dude. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? This I, doesn't make any sense to me at all. I'll have to, I'll have to let you listen, like, record Once it. Once you finish the book, I think some of that will more, make more sense, but I'm very surprised they put that in the audio. Yeah, like dude. That. Yeah, it's, it's like in between chapters. Very it silly. Is, yeah, <laughs> in between chapters, it is. Uh, yeah, I was like, I dude. love that. I was like, that's incredible. I can't believe they put that in there. Um, but yeah, it's it's good so far. I just haven't been. I haven't read. Um, haven't read ahead yet. Then what? Excuse me. The last time we talked. Oh geez, sorry. Um, but yeah, that's about. I mean, I haven't really got a whole lot going on. I I've been feeling like fucking me neither. I'm still reading. Lately. I read a big chunk of Black Reconstruction. I'm at like sixty five percent, which is huge. It's taken me years. I'm probably almost two years into this book, but I've read like 
20% of it in the last two weeks. Hell yeah. Because I've had a decent chunk of free time. Hell yeah. Uh, that book's pretty good. I've been really enjoying it. It's It was a good capper to reading all this Civil War 19th century stuff. It's kind of an interesting retrospective on it. And it's really cool because he was... The, uh, like I didn't realize like Karl Marx was like writing black leaders oh, really? in the reconstruction. Yeah. Like no shit. Karl Marx was directly penning letters to them. Like, That's ho- I was tight. like, Oh fuck. I didn't know he was that yeah, involved in that it. fucking. They certainly don't teach you that in fucking school. Not at like, all. Karl Marx you supported black people <laughs> after the Civil War. That would not be popular teachings in like, we gotta, we gotta, Texas. We gotta bury this. We gotta bury yeah. this. As deep as <laughs> <possible>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously though, and it was really interesting. Like, they just had the chapter on South Carolina, and that was, like, like, South Carolina actually did a pretty decent job of, like, supporting freed slaves after the war. But then I'm in the Mississippi section, and they're like, oh, my God, they just tried to restart slavery instantly right after. Of course they did. And he talks about how, like, it's really interesting because the book is, like, he kind of comes at it from the perspective of, like, the Civil War was a class reckoning of poor people versus the the wealthy plantation owner class. Yeah. And he talks about how, like, the Mississippi poor whites were so stupid and awful. Like, they just – they ruined their own fucking lives just to not do anything for black people. Damn. Like, they had this great opportunity after the Civil War to work together and crush the planters' class, but they were like, "No, nope. crush black people." Yeah, more. nothing. Dude, we, there's nothing not we hate surprised. more. We'd rather be poor forever as long as we're a little less poor than those guys. I was like, "Oh my!" F-. And, and that's in the 20s, you know. Not I was like, "Wow, so nothing slightest. has changed at all." At all. Yeah. In the sl- not it's been changed the same for 140 years in Mississippi. Very believable. Ah, man, that's tragic. But Louisiana is really interesting because Louisiana has a lot, especially New Orleans, has a really long history of what is used at the time, mulattoes, like mixed race, a lot of mixed race people in Louisiana. And it makes their, they had to be a lot cooler about like no black relatives because they're like, I mean, we all got Yeah, we- <laughs> <laughs> He's like easy about black yeah. grandma. Like, okay, you talk shit about my black grandma, I'm going to kill you. They said that they had this like, they got these like families together. It was like fifteen people, and they all traced their lineages, to, and they covered like sixty families. And they were like, they found dozens of white people that were like black, like two or three generations. No ago. shit. Like, all right, right. we'll have to be cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We got. I, I, I don't know. There's just a lot of little details in the book that are kind of neat. That's why I keep reading that it, even cool. if it's kind of dry. Yeah, no, I get but that. that's pretty much all I've been up to. I've, I mean, I've been, I'm on this break, so I've just been. Fucking off. Chilling and chilling, dude. Doing whatever. Well, I mean. Yeah, I've been shooting and doing my hobbies. Oh, wait. I did. I went to the movies. I saw Poor Things. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's right. That's right. So good. Highly recommended. It's still in theaters. Please go see it. And if you haven't seen any Yorgos Lanthimos movies, this movie will knock your dick off. If you have seen Yorgos Lanthimos movies, it'll knock your dick off. I say you know what to expect. It's so good. I love Yorgos. Hell yeah, and, dude. and Emma Stone is incredible. And I and spoilers, her boobs are in the movie a ton. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a ton. A ton. Who goes first this week? You. Me? Oh, shit. Yep. It's your birthday. Oh, that's right. It is. And it, it's your turn anyway. It is. Uh, Hold on. Podcast Republic. We had six downloads from the that. The fuck is that? I, like... You guys are such nerds. How do you find these websites? <laughs> these apps. Yeah, for real. Podcast Addict. That ha- Podcast Addict. 
Google Podcasts. I love the Alexa-enabled device. Like, someone was like, Alexa, play Snacks Packs. I love that. And she did it. She played it for him. Um, So, today, it's my turn to cover the good guy, which, boo. (laughs) Covering the good guy sucks, The thing is, sometimes we cover bad guys, and I'm like, that guy was a really awful person. Yeah. You know, I'm like, god damn it. You know? (laughs) Um, It's so much just harder to find people who were cool than people who sucked. But, you know, I digress. So, the idea. Please help us. Send ideas. Yeah, for real. Send, if you got ideas, don't send it in. So the idea to cover this person was solely my idea. Didn't get it from anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so don't believe anyone about. that tells you that they gave me this idea. Uh, I'm going to cover Hugh Thompson in the Mile Massacre. Uh, I remember actually hearing the story a long fucking time ago. Uh, pretty horrific tale. Uh, and so I think Hugh Thompson will fit right in with the repertoire of people we have that are rad as hell. Um, so our yeah. story takes place during the Vietnam War. Not going to go super into the history of the Vietnam War. Officially starts in 1955 when the U.S. fucking uh, gets involved. Eisenhower deploys a bunch of military assistance advisory groups to uh, from the Army or to train the Army of the Republic of Vietnam. <clears throat> but the conflict has been going on well before that. Uh, basically, yeah, the Vietnamese have been fighting empires for about for, a yeah for a hot minute yeah. for a hot minute. So basically, it was a battle between northern Vietnam. Fucking air communists, solely referred to, uh, commonly referred to as Viet Cong, and Western backed troops in southern Vietnam. Uh, Vietnam was pretty brutal, pretty brutal. Uh, in 1961, a team was sent by President John F. Kennedy over to Vietnam. They reported back, like, hey, we should establish a broader American military presence here because, like, if Southeast Asia falls to communism. It's so funny. It's like. Anytime they sent military advisors out, they came back they're like, "We need to build a yeah. base and buy more bombers." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's the problem. That. That's what we need. I simply see no other way around yeah, it. Yeah, so they come back and they're like, "Hey, we should establish a broader American military presence here because, like, if Southeast Asia falls to get into communism, then a bunch of other countries will follow." Which is an insane idea to think. Like, that's a weird like, logic. It had never like, happened before, dude. Yeah, and like, and like some like giant country is gonna look and see Vietnam turn into communism. They're like, you know what? You're right. Let's go. Yeah, like, and it's funny you you air quoted communist earlier, which was smart because the Chinese, the Vietnamese, like the Vietnamese communist movement wasn't a about communism it was about uniting the, the yeah. vietnamese government and they just wanted vietnamese independence and, and a united vietnamese history and that is it yeah and but the they cold were baffled war was happening we, america was yeah, yeah, yeah they're they like oh my god why'd you guys come over here what's like, happening? what are you guys doing yeah stop <laughs> uh but uh, as i put in my notes uh but the cold war was also going on so everybody had a bit of the red scare and uh we just used it as an excuse to go over there and fucking yeah Fight a Pretty bunch much of just farmers. to bomb more stuff. Yeah. Then we bombed Cambodia and Laos. Yep. So, um, just, and we didn't even. That was just unrelated. That, they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say anything about it. We were just doing that, dude. Just for yeah, for fun, skis. Um. So the whole point of Vietnam was to test weapons out. That's true. So, 1965, 3,500 United States Marines worship uh, ashore on Da Nang as the first wave of U.S. combat troops in southern Vietnam, adding a whopping 25,000, adding to the whopping 25,000 military advisors already in the area. So, our boy Hugh, a lot of advice, yeah, a lot of advice <laughs> from from the 25,000 advisors. That's too much <laughs> advice, if you ask me. Too much <laughs> advice. Um, so Hugh Clower Thompson Jr. Uh, he's an army officer serving as a warrant officer 
and the 123rd Aviation Battalion of the 23rd Infantry Division. Uh, born in Georgia in 1943, his daddy was a veteran as well as serving in the uh, as well serving in the Navy during World War II. He graduates from Stone Mountain High School in 1961, and as soon as he graduates, he enlists in the Navy and serves in the in the Naval Mobile Construction, Bata- uh, Construction Battalion before being honorably discharged in 1964. So he's living his best life. He went to school for mortuary science. He becomes a licensed funeral director. And then the Vietnam War breaks out, and Thompson feels obligated to return to military service. Which, dude. Crazy of you, dude. They crazy see Vietnam of you. happening, and he's like, I need to support I, yeah, America. Yeah, I need to go like, there. What? No, Do why? what? Do what? <laughs> no, they don't. So, in 1966, he enlists in the Army, completes the Warrant Officer Flight Program at Fort Walters, Texas. And in December of 1967, 25-year-old Thompson is ordered to Vietnam and is assigned to Baker Company, 123rd Aviation Battalion of the 23rd Infantry Division. So fast forward to March 16, 1968. Thompson is flying his Hiller OH-23 Raven with his crew, Gunner Lawrence Colburn and Chief uh, Crew Chief Glenn uh, Andretta. They're on orders to uh, for support as I'm sorry. They're on orders as support for Task Force Barker search and destroy missions in San Mi, which is where my uh, my lie is located. So yeah, it's uh, it's a bunch of villages in a big area. Okay. Yeah. So Task Force Barker is made up of two infantry units. They were given orders. They were rolled into one giant fucking force. Uh, they were given orders that this area was full of it was a Viet Cong stronghold, and they were there to go weed out the enemy, and were ordered to be as brutal as and ruthless as possible. Um, basically, you know, kill livestock, burn crops, raise hell, make sure they can't survive out there. They were also told that most of the civilians at the time of their arrival would have already left for the farmer's market and that anyone still around in the village were most likely Viet Cong fighters or sympathizers, which is crazy information to give out. Just be like, they're all, they're all dude, fucking combatants, are dude. Stupid, stupid. You know, especially soldiers no. back then. Dumb. Duh. Oh yeah, that's true. That's really true. Yeah, honestly, yeah, Our, the professionalism of a drafted military was yeah, poor. not good. Uh, and so yeah, you got a neighborhood full of children and women, and they're like, look at all these fucking sympathizers. Yeah, yeah look at all these fucking nails as a group Christ. of hammers fucking comes trudging through the forest. So they were basically given the green light to mow anyone they saw down, any even women and children. So on March 16, 1968, Task Force Barker sets out on their search and destroy mission with Thompson's flight crew providing recon and support. Don't need to probably say this, but the intelligence that the military received about the stronghold of Viet Cong fighters was bullshit. Not good intelligence at all. It was... Uh, no way. Yeah, they showed up Almost to... Almost certainly from a dude who did not go anywhere near No, there. absolutely <laughs> not. So uh, the only people in the area were pretty much rice farmers and just like civilians. That's it. So, the mili- so Thompson's crew... Flies to the area and like they don't receive any enemy fire at all, which is like should be a sign of like there's not really any bad guys here. So these Viet Cong are tricky here. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're they're playing the long game. Um, so regardless, though, the military shells Son Mi and kills many civilian or uh, Vietnamese civilians. And afterwards, Charlie Company of the First Bat Twenty Infantry Regiment moves in on Son Mi. So once they arrive, they immediately, not without a moment's notice, begin murdering civilians and committing horrific atrocities against the people in the area. First uh, platoon of Charlie Company 
commanded by Lieutenant William Cowley, that's Lieutenant William Cowley, <laughs> uh, leads 70 to 80 villagers, mostly women and children, into an irrigation ditch and murders them with knives and bayonets and grenades and small arms fire. That's so uh, awful. Dude, like, how, like, I'm how like, can you in I'm like, good... you guys are going... You guys are going above and beyond. Dude, yeah, on this how shit. can you in good conscience be like... All these Viet Cong children, let's get them into this irrigation ditch. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, so Thompson would say, while at the academic conference of My Lai in 1994, quote, we kept flying back and forth, reconning in front and in the rear, and it didn't take very long until we started noticing a large number of bodies everywhere. Everywhere we'd look, we'd see bodies. These were infants, two, three, four, five-year-olds, five-year-olds, women, very old men, no draft-age people whatsoever. At first, Thompson's crew thought all the dead bodies were from the artillery fired at the location, but soon became aware that it was the American troops murdering these innocent civilians. The commanding officer of the search and destroy operation, Captain Medina, even murdering a woman Thompson and his crew had marked for medevac. Gunner Lawrence Colburn saying, quote, then we saw a young Captain girl. Ernest Medina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, quote, then we saw a young girl about 20 years old lying on the grass. We could see that she was unarmed and wounded in the chest. We marked her with smoke because we saw a squad not too far away. The smoke was green, meaning it's safe to approach. Red would have meant the opposite. We were hovering six feet off the ground, not, not more than 25 feet away, when Captain Medina came over kicked her, stepped back, and finished her off. He did it right in front of us. When we saw Medina do that, it clicked. It was our guys doing the killing. Yeah. So, uh, bad things happening on the ground at this point. Uh, Real bad shit. So, after witnessing this murder, Thompson discovers the irrigation ditch full of fucking William Callie's victims. He radios to accompany gunships in Task Force Barker's headquarters saying, quote, it looks to me there's an awful lot of unnecessary killing going on down there. Something ain't right about this. Uh, there's bodies everywhere. Um, so at, right off the jump, uh, he knows something's off. Um, oh my god, why is my computer doing that? He's like, this is fucking not cash money at all. Uh, uh, generally, our orders don't say to shoot three year olds. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't, and like I don't know, man. Just for you to sit there and be able to kill a child because you're like, I'm following orders. You're a fucking nerd. You're a piece of shit. Uh, and you are going, if there's a hell, you're going straight to it. I'm talking yeah. boiler room of hell. Um, so he says, something ain't right. There's bodies everywhere. Uh, there's a ditch full of bodies that we saw. There's something wrong here. Thompson then spotted movement in the irrigation ditch. He landed his chopper and began assisting Excuse me, with the people still alive in the mass grave. Uh, while landed, him and Thompson and William Cowley exchange a couple words. Thompson saying, what's going on here, Lieutenant? And Cowley said, this is my business. Thompson said, what is this? Who are these people? Callie re- responds with just guys, following this orders. This is my business. Yeah. That is such an insane thing to claim. He I'm says like, just following dude. orders. Thompson says orders. Whose orders? Callie says just following. Thompson says, but these are human beings, unarmed civilians, sir. Callie says, says just. Yeah, right. Yeah. Callie says, look, Thompson, this is my show. I'm in charge here. It ain't your concern. Thompson responds with, yeah, great job. Um, and then Callie says, you better get back in that chopper, chopper and mind your own business. And Thompson said, you ain't heard the last of this. Um, so, uh, during their conversation, Thompson and his crew witnessed one of Callie's men step into the irrigation ditch and begin killing the people left alive. 
Uh, Thompson, yeah, Thompson rounds up his crew and begins searching for people they could save. They spot a group of women and children and old men fleeing from advancing troops, and Thompson takes his helicopter and lands it between the advancing troops and the fleeing civilians. He tells his gunner, if any of those men try to fire on these civilians, you fucking cut them down, which is tight. Hell yeah. Um, so... While Colburn and Andretta keep their guns on the advancing troops, Thompson attempts to locate as many civilians as he could and persuade them to follow him with, to a safer location. And he secures their evacuation with the help of a UH-1 Hue, uh, two UH-1 Huey pilots he was friends with. So they're dangerously low on fuel at this point. Thompson and his crew were forced to return to a resupply airstrip outside the village, but before leaving... They spot more movement in the irrigation ditch full of bodies. They loop back around and land near the ditch. Thompson and Colburn exited and started pulling security while Andretta walked over to a severely badly mangled body. He lifts up a corpse riddled with bullet holes and finds a uh, five- or six-year-old kid covered in blood oh, and in a state of shock. Jesus. Yeah, the crew secures the kid and transports him to a nearby hospital. Um, so once this kid's at a hospital, Thompson flies to Task Force headquarters and was fucking pissed, obviously. He reports the massacre to his supervisors. The report reaches Lieutenant Colonel Frank Barker, and Barker immediately radios ground troops to cease the killings. After refueling their helicopter, Thompson and his crew goes back to look for wounded and make sure no more civilians are being killed. Afterwards, Thompson made an official report and was interviewed by Colonel O'Reilly. That really Henderson. says a lot about like this the situation if he's still like they're pro they could still yeah be they, they could definitely still be killing people. Yeah. yeah yeah um so thompson makes an official report and was interviewed by uh colonel oran henderson american division officers ended up halting the other search and destroy operations that were planned possibly preventing the additional massacre of like thousands more civilians um of course this was covered up at first thompson received the distinguished flying cross the reasoning for him getting it was fabricated, saying he rescued a child who was caught in the crossfire, saying his sound judgment had greatly enhanced Vietnamese-American relations in the op area, which is a fucking lie. And then Thompson got this citation of valor or whatever, and he immediately throws it away. Um, news of the massacre eventually really reached the public, and in late 1969, Thompson was summoned to Washington, D.C. to appear before a special closed hearing of the House of Armed Services Committee where he was scorned uh, by Congressman Chairman uh, Mindell Rivers, particularly because they wanted to downplay the allegations of a massacre by American troops. Um, the fucking dumbass dickbed said that Thompson was the only soldier who should be court-martialed for turning his weapon on his fellow troops. Uh, they even tried to have him court-martialed, but it didn't go very far. Fucking pieces Jesus of shit, dude. Right. Yeah, pieces of shit. So I looked that dude up and it says he developed a reputation for his unwavering support of American involvement in the Vietnam War. You don't yeah, say you don't fucking that's what say you wanna fucking plant your flag on, uh, brother. So right. so Thompson was also scorned by the public. He would get death threats, you know, dead animals on his porch, all types of shit. It was pretty fucked up. But it finally Oh, he was also an ardent segregationist. Jesus, of course he that fucking was. Sucks. Fucking sucks. Um, finally, as time went on, the narrative around the massacre started to change. And in 1998, exactly 30 years after the massacre, Thompson, as well as Colburn and Andretta, were awarded the Soldier's Medal. Andretta had uh, had been dead at this point. So he wasn't around oh, for it, right. but he still got it. Um, for They were awarded the Soldier's Medal for their brave actions during the massacre. Major General Michael Ackerman stating that the three set the standards for all soldiers to follow. 
at the age of 62, after extensive treatment for cancer, Thompson was removed from life support and died on January 6, 2006 at the Veteran Affairs Medical Center in Pineville, Louisiana. Colburn, uh, his gunner, came from Atlanta to be by his bedside when he passed. Thompson was buried in uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, with full military honors, including a three-volley salute and a helicopter flyover. Um, and that is the story of fucking goddamn, goddamn fucking Hugh I mean, he Thompson, did, baby. Yeah, he did what he could. Yeah, he it's tried. He, he got some shit on for it. Dude, I know. He just, like, he, a he did the right thing, and they fucking vilified him and... and made him look like a fucking piece of shit because he was like, we shouldn't kill innocent people. And they were like, well, how dare you? How dare you? It's our God-given right as an invading force. Fuck you. Dude, I people like Mendel Rivers, it's insane. These South Carolina fucking Of course, dumb. yeah. That is just horrible. It's like, I'm like, man, dude, nothing will make you change your mind. That's fucking, like, it's okay to change your mind. Yeah, it's fine. It's actually, you know, I would rather you change you your mind. You can be like, I support Vietnam, I support Vietnam, and then something <sighs> really bad happens, and be like, I don't support Which it. Which is fine. Okay for yeah, that. that's fine. Yeah. You don't need to be dug but, in. Like, it's not gonna make yeah. you less of a man if you he's change your views. Despite the facts presented before him. He's yeah, dug <laughs> he's, I'm dug in, brother. Um... That's pretty good. I don't know if that's going to overpower the evil that is the story that I'm covering this week, gang. Jared Fogle. (laughs) Uh, I'm covering Jared Fogle from, or as many of you know, Jared from Subway. I'm going to do a bit of a content warning to spoil it. Jared Fogle was a lifelong and prolific pedophile. I avoided details as much as possible. There's not tons about what he does, but there is some description of the things or his desires that may be a little triggering to listeners so it's i do keep it to a minimum damn can you imagine Uh, being the guy that got jared fogel as the as the spokesperson and then this happens you're like ooh, ooh. uh, so there's tons of sources about all this because it's a very famous story i got nbc cnn eater tmz food beast ad age la times i mean shitloads yeah uh he was born in indianapolis indiana on august 23rd 1973 like snacks said last week not off to a good start no not at all uh, <laughs> he was raised i was cracking up about that when you're like <laughs> the guy born in brazil in the 50s <laughs> not not off to a, a solid start so, uh, graduated from the University of Indiana, uh, or Indiana University of Bloomington in 2000. So, Jared first hit the scene in April of 1999 when a dorm mate saw him on campus, hadn't seen him in a year. He lost a dramatic amount of weight, and uh, he had, so he wrote and published this article about his uh, weight loss in the Indiana Daily Student newspaper, and in it, Jared had lost 245 pounds, dropping from... 425 to 180 um, and a 60 inch waist to a 34 inch waist. Uh, And he said he did this with a diet of Subway sandwiches and exercise. Subway actually Subway sold it like he was doing a lot of walking to get to Subway all the time. That used to be the thing. He lived directly above a Subway. That was why he chose that place. Nice. He could just walk downstairs, eat it. The thing was the dude is 425 pounds. Yeah. He stopped drinking sugary soda and he chose to only eat those two things from Subway every day. And that is how you're going to lose weight. Yeah, yeah. You could have done it anywhere. Anywhere. He wasn't doing a lot. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like he started eating about 2,000 calories a day. Which is, yeah. And there you go. People, it's so funny because people are like, 
you can't lose weight eating that much bread. Like, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. That as long bread. as you stay in a calorie calories. deficit, yeah. you fucking dummy. And the dude was eating, drinking soda all the time to get himself up to 400 pounds. It's dude, just stopping so- soda alone, he's going to start shedding yeah, weight like Yeah, crazy. soda will fucking make you, like, if you drink, like, regular soda and you're like, oh, I'm getting fat, stop drinking soda. It's, I'm telling you. Like, it is. Truly. You, you don't, like, with food, it's different because, like, you can feel full and be like, oh, I just ate so much. Like, with soda, you can drink the motherfuckers all day and it's just like there's it's like 260 calories per fucking bottle yeah uh so for our younger listeners um it might be a little helpful to understand that at the time america's hate for overweight and obese people was culturally near its zenith and fad diets were flying around left and right um a big thing was we were afraid that fat in food is what made you fat yeah. and so we stopped putting fat in yeah. our food we put a bunch of sugar in it now a bunch of people have diabetes yeah if you watch uh, any they, movie from the early 2000s there's always a fat person they make fun of because it they was, make fun it of was literally the worst thing in the world to be an, a plus size person in the early 2000s so I, yeah it's it just a big deal that he lost weight that's like this story may sound a little crazy now i don't know if you didn't know the story yeah we, it, care, we lived it but, so it's like yeah it just made sense at the time or not really made sense but it's like okay that's happening but like now it's like that's like a little insane that you're based your yeah. fucking personality on yes. this guy so men's health magazine picks up the story the dude the dude who puts this guy on actually it turns out he didn't even talk to Jared he, he just picked up the story and wrote it and did no other work and I was like crazy for you to admit that yeah man. for real <laughs> Um, so he picks it up in this, an article called Stupid Diets That Work. Um, and so a Subway franchisee in Chicago hears that he takes it to a Chicago ad agency. And by January 1st of 2000, which is Ice Spice's birthday, okay. the dawn <laughs> of a new millennium. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting tidbit. All right. <laughs> I learned that fact and I'm like, I'll remember that. Yeah. I don't know why. It's such a base weird birthday. Yeah. January 1st, 2000. And like she can tell what day she's like I'm I'm this many years and this many months and this many days old. So easy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh anyway, dawning of a new millennium, Jared Fogel's very first I uh Subway ad airs and by the end of the year Subway sales increase 18% Damn. and the next year 16%. Damn. So 2002, there's all, a whole South Park episode about Jared. He's carrying the fucking Olympic torch in Indiana. And uh, in the movie Goldmember, a character called Fat Bastard. Yeah. If you, as an if example you of know. culturally how we treated overweight people. And there was an entire uh, he movie. He goes on the subway diet. Yeah. Yes. And there was an entire movie called Shallow Hal where where Jack Black, which this is Tough. like only dicey movie he's been One in. of his. Yeah. One, about a, the a only star. dicey movie movie he's been in but he basically plays a guy who like falls in love with a fat person and then gets like cursed to he see he has a curse put a, on a, him a quote-unquote curse yeah. where he sees their inner beauty and she's like this young like this like skinny beautiful person when and re, re quote-unquote reality she's like a fat person a it's like yeah. i don't know what it was but like obesity in the early 2000s was the worst thing that could ever happen That's, to you i'm saying it it really was the zenith yeah like, we uh, kids now, sure, you could say America doesn't like overweight people, but America is 60% overweight people, and it's not the same game. No, back then it was uh, The worse. thing was, a big part of it was that was when the change was happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, uh, I would say like 2000, 
there were this the highest obesity state in the country would be the lowest now so like we are really in a whole different world about yeah. how we treat that stuff even if it's still not great we don't have characters called fat bastard. yeah 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 um so the but i mean yeah so like the movies have jared's the subway diet he's fully entered the american zeitgeist and he's remained a powerful figure at subway uh, in 2004, he starts the Jared Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to raising awareness on childhood obesity. In 2005, Subway stopped using Jared for its ads, and their sales dropped to 10. percent Damn! So they pick him up again. Uh, He's in like, 2008, Hi, losers. After, yeah, for <laughs> real. After 10 years of weight loss, he tours the country with his giant pants and gives them to a museum at the end of the tour. He's in WWE in 2009 and 2011. 2013, he's got over 300 commercials under his now reasonably sized belt. Damn. Subway's revenue triples from 1998 to 2011, and Subway credits Jared with a whopping full third of that revenue. They're Damn. Like, yep, he made us fucking. At least they, at least they acknowledge money. it. They're not like, it was all Jared us. did it. Dude, yeah. That, <laughs> you see my kitty's head right yeah. there under the floor? <laughs> it's frame's dude. so perfect. <laughs> um, he is widely considered the single most effective brand in all of restaurant advertising ever, which is insane. Damn. Um, everything is going awesome for Jared Fogle. He's married. He's witch. Everybody knows him. He's got the Jared Foundation. Uh, he was even in Sharknado 2, and he's only a week away from his spot in Sharknado 3 airing nationally when his home is raided by the FBI. Uh-oh. Uh, a couple months prior, in April, the director of the Jared Foundation, Russell Taylor, is arrested in Indianapolis on charges of child exploitation, possession of child pornography, and voyeurism, which he did not know was a crime. Uh, I... Has some people I need to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> well, excuse me. <laughs> I can't just look through a window in this country. <laughs> I'm just looking. Uh, records at the time indicated that without getting into too much detail, Russell and his wife abused children and created material without their knowledge. Vogel immediately severs all ties, and although Russell tried to kill himself in May, he survives and eventually pleads guilty. Only a few months later, on July 7, 2015, the FBI Indiana State Police raid Fogel's home in Zionsville, Indiana, and arrest him with charges of distribution and the receipt of child pornography. Coincidentally, Subway announced that day that the two had mutually agreed to end their business relationship. Yeah, have you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, have you? Subway sees that on the news. They're like, someone fucking yeah. called Jared. Yeah, get, the fo- get me the goddamn phone right now. When your number one spokesman gets rated for child porn, doesn't matter if he's innocent, you're fucking cutting ties. We're done. You're seized. cutting ties. Yeah. Um, a couple months later, USA Today publishes an article saying, hey, weird thing. <laughs> weird. Uh, the Jared Foundation doesn't issue any money or grants. Interesting. It only pays Russell Taylor. That's all it does. And confusingly, a, a whopping one quarter of the funds cannot be accounted for. Mm, you don't uh, say. That's odd. So, uh, you ever wonder how a college student, Jared Fogle, was able to afford eating at Subway twice a day every day for a whole year? Yeah, of course. You ever wonder about that? Turns out he runs a porn shop out of his restaurant. Oh. So he has a, 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 a unique... And wide-ranging porn collection that he leverages into a rental business. 
And uh, that was fairly lucrative. Um, and if you don't believe me, which TMZ actually reports on it in 2007, and TMZ never fucking misses. They don't. Bro. It's, yeah. uh, and they, Subway denied knowing anything about it. This is especially interesting because in 2008, only one single year later, Subway's advertising CEO gets a call from Cindy Mills, an at-the-time franchisee. She and Fogle did a little bit of ugly bumping. That's what we call sex on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it, and right. for a little bit of pillow talk, he admits to liking very young girls. Ooh. She Ooh. actually calls the CEO specifically because Fogel told her that he had gone to Thailand and had sex with children, sex slaves, because there's no such thing as a child prostitute because children cannot consent. Yeah. While she is telling this executive, she's interrupted. He's like, oh, hon. Yeah, he's like, shut up. I don't know. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. He has met someone. She's a teacher, and he seems to love her very much, and we think she will keep him grounded. What the fuck? I'm like, the man went to Thailand to fucking to do a, kids. A, a what is crime? Yeah, there and you uh, don't you don't just keep that grounded. Like that's a monster. The, the phrasing of that subway exec indicated to Cindy and to me and to everybody else. That they're like, oh, no, 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 we know, yeah. but it should stop now. We got him married to a woman. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not how that works. Take him to the pasture the and fuck? shoot him. So um, she tries two more executives with Subway to no avail. And she. this is with him admitting to specific salacious details over text that I will not read on air, but he admits to a specific crime and paying for it everything and she gets a lawyer and she's like i want you lawyer to sell subway look we have these texts and subway's like cool thanks uh so around that time he starts dating uh so later that ends he starts dating a different woman named herman walrand uh her name was herman herman walrand i was like you that's your name fell on the ugly tree i would yeah i would Fuck my parents up for naming me. Yeah, uh, she and the Discovery Plus documentary Jared from Subway insists that she is a journalist, and I don't want to go into a lot of details because she calls she often refers to her journalist instincts. And um, as a journalist, she launches her own investigation that was completely inadmissible in court because she didn't know basic law, like recording phone calls. And that is because she was actually a health and wellness radio host from Sarasota, Florida. Yeah, you know, let's go hand she, in hand. Uh, I was like, she, journalist, I'm like, I don't understand, hun, why you keep calling yourself a journalist. Yeah, journalist, health and welfare radio host. They're pretty much the same thing. Now, about the quality of a uh, documentary to expect from fucking Discovery Plus. True. Um, so she actually met Jared by having him as a host on the show and claims that she was repulsed by him. So she claims she was repulsed by him on the show. But they she gets this info from him because they started dating. Okay. And I'm a little bit like, I think you a little bit fell yeah. for it. And then yeah. maybe got some decent. You're like, no, this is gross. But she recharacterizes it as like, I got close to him because in flirting with me, he admitted these lurid details. Oh, okay. And I'm like, that's crazy that he would yeah, do that. Yeah, just right off the rip. 
So she, uh, but he does admit to her like being attracted to ten-year-old bodies. So she's like, "I'm going to seduce him, befriend him for the purpose of getting more info for the authorities," which eventually leads her to become an undercover asset for the FBI. Nice. Um, there's more about all this, and I'm going to be honest; it's a little hard to tell of what is true because the FBI won't confirm very much publicly, and that they actually catch Fogel through a tip about someone else from someone else. Yeah. So. Counter note, though, I did find later a CBS article that said independently they verified the recordings with the FBI, and they were the only journalist outfit out of all of them to do so. Everyone else was just like, yes, yep. she, everything she says is true. And I was like, I'm reading it, and I was like, this feels fucking not yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but she does, like, like, she does work with the FBI for a long time. She does get recordings of him admitting things. Not details and specifics, which is what the FBI wants. Yeah. Like they want locations and names, and yeah. that's who they arrest. But she also does a lot of this stuff without the FBI's, like, knowledge or yeah, consent. Yeah, And so she bungles it. Like, these recordings are useless. Yeah. And on top of that, she, like, thinks it's going too slow. And, like, from what I was reading, like, kind of, like, tries to arm twist the FBI to be like, we need to go faster. And I'm like, you need to get the fuck yeah, out of Yeah, that's not how okay? the FBI you know, operates. This isn't about you, bitch. Yeah, like, and, you're and, making this way too much of your thing. Yeah, and the FBI doesn't arrest people. And, like, if you get arrested by the FBI, you, you need to know that the FBI has been watching you for a long time. And they have a case that you will not win against in you're court. Mega like, fucked. you're yeah. fucked. Like, they, they don't have over 90% in the fucking, uh, when they cast someone, Yeah, they're so. not they're not beat cops who are like, oh, maybe we can get him on this let's bring him in it's like if you get arrested they have an ironclad fucking case against you um so, so just a heads tip, up yeah the tip that they do catch him with was about his buddy russell taylor russell texted a woman that he was flirting he's risen up as the kids would say uh with pictures of bestiality and he was like you want to do a little bit of what this the and fuck? the lady's looking at it and she's like this looks like a homemade photo. Yeah. Like, I feel like this guy didn't find this. I feel like he made it. Yeah. And so she reports him, and that's what starts the investigation that fucking brings them all down. I'm like, Interesting. you disgusting fucking Yeah, you savage, disgusting dude. piece of God. shit. Um, and that guy actually was making the bestiality porn. So that's crazy. Oh, I know. So uh, he gets raided. Jared gets raided. Eventually, Jared pleads guilty to charges of receiving child porn and repeatedly having sex with minors. Um, that's the, what they call a charge. I know it's raping them. Uh, his lawyer tried to argue that he was only attracted to young teens. The fuck does that mean? They, they used the line at one point where they were like, it's a weak attraction to kids. And the judge is like, fucking what <laughs> and then they're like okay we shouldn't have used weak attraction. Yeah, bad word dude, yeah. we actually just mean he's mostly into young teens and they're like dude even like that's not better that's not better <laughs> i would fire so, my lawyers if i was Jared. so they do this plea deal where jared's like i won't agree he's like i won't try to get less than four years and prosecutors are like i won't try to get more than 12 years and the judge is like you're getting 15 years nice. you motherfucker. hell yeah and i was like hell yeah, yeah hell yeah. Uh, he also i mean they he had found over 400 videos on his hard drive uh and he was so he was sentenced to 15 years in prison and uh ordered to pay a hundred thousand each to 14 of his identified minor victims which i was i don't know seems really low yeah it seems really low very low for what he did is unbelievable yeah and 15 years for crossing state lines 
and they have him like in like bulletproof. Fifteen years seems so. Yeah, low. it seems I, like he should be in for more. I'm shocked by that, and a big part of it is, you know, that makes me sad. Is he's never going to face justice for maybe specifics about what he did in Thailand? Yeah, a lot of that stuff. There's not going to be a lot of evidence. Uh huh. Uh, so it looks like he went from having a mild cholesterol problem to a child molester. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Oh, that was the I'm worst sorry. Thing ever. I had, there were so many Jared Fogle jokes about it at the time. Uh, oh, that was terrible. Uh, do you want to hear any more? I had other ones, but we don't have to do them. Um, <laughs> but the other one was his career ended the way it began, getting into smaller pants, which is horrible. <laughs> but there was tons of that shit going around at the uh, yeah, time because yeah. it was it was really crazy. Yeah, it's so it was you have to l- understand this would be like if fucking progressive a uh, flow was like a cocaine yeah. cartel leader you yeah, know? Yeah, like, yeah it was no very shit out of pocket the at one we've the been time. seeing that whole time um so he got divorced and then had to pay his wife seven million dollars um say. and he was also ordered to pay a bunch of fines in 2021 um new york post got some letters from him in prison uh he, he said he quote royally screwed up to end up in prison and he was quote selfish and entitled i think about all the people i've let down every single day especially my family all i can do is learn from my stupid mistakes to be a better man when i get released in a few years i'm sorry i don't think i think stupid mm-hmm. mistakes is not the right word. mischaracterization yeah. of the absolute horrific <laughs> atrocities yeah, that, you've that you committed. committed yeah you fucking and the fact shit. that this dude was admitting this to people left and right like this dude was like full-scale fucking dirty predator yeah dude. for you i don't like for you to feel comfortable i think enough. people should be treated for their crime for conditions like this but I think he should have gone to prison longer. Yeah. And he, and if he's going to say shit like this, he shouldn't even be let out. No, I'm like, oh it's my fucking it's, God. It's very he sounds like he's like, I'm sorry, my wife and kid that I got caught. Yeah, it's exactly. He's, he's minimizing the, the, the fucking, he's minimizing the tragedy that he's caused so he can feel better about it. And then he's playing the victim of like, Oh, I got in so much trouble, and I'm so sorry about it. Like, you're sorry that you got I'm caught. I'm very embarrassed. Yeah, uh, fuck, fuck you. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you. Uh, hilariously, though, he is in the best shape of his life. Uh, he will... That'll, prison <laughs> will do that. Prison will do that. Yeah, he will not be out until earliest March 24th, 2029, and then he will be registered as a sex offender, undergo treatment for sexual disorders, and will be on supervised release for the rest of his life. Uh, still probably not enough. I think he's no. Didn't he get stabbed in prison or something? I feel like, was that him? I could have swore I saw something about him getting stabbed Somebody in did. Yeah. Somebody did. No, you're thinking of... I thought it was another fucking predator. Somebody. I know it was somebody famous that got stabbed in prison. I thought was it was it him. One of, oh, it, wasn't that that one with all the kids? No. Was that Nassar? Larry Nassar? That it might have been the cheerleader guy. Let me look that up. I could have swore it was yes. Jared Fogel. Yes. Larry Nassar stabbed in July of last year. Ah, okay. Uh twice in the neck, twice in the back, six times in the chest. Why awesome. didn't someone do it to Jared Fogel? Uh yeah, no, I know. I yeah, I, I Googled famous predator stabbed in prison and it, <laughs> it comes right up. Nassar. Yeah. I don't think Jared Fogel did. I thought also, um, 
that who was it? The guy from Sons of Guns who? got stabbed in prison. Oh no, Jared Fogle didn't get attacked. He got beat. Did he the, get did he get his ass whooped? Yeah, in Colorado, yeah. They even have the name of the guy who did it. Hell yeah, put somebody on that guy's books. Yeah, that guy's name was is Steve Nig. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be normal. Yeah, I was like, yeah. that's, I, I almost don't even want to fucking say it. Yeah, yeah that's his real name. Uh, but he said, uh, Steve, we'll call him Steve, not Mr. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he said, he has no remorse. I'm sure he's just kicking back in love in this. Uh, so that's why he had to do it. Hey, you know what? I respect that. He said that he's claimed to have taken out at least one chomo. At, at, quoted at yeah. every person he, at prison he's been in. Hell yeah. Do what you gotta do, Steve. Yeah, doing the Lord's work, Steve. Yeah. Oh, that guy's been in prison since the 70s, too. Damn. Wow. Yeah, that's, he's a lifer. He doesn't Might care. as well. Might as well. Pedophiles. Beat up pedophiles. Yeah. If you're in prison for life, might as well. You're never getting out. Uh, yeah, apparently he had a really hard time in prison because uh, he was a uh, rapist and child oh, rapist. Shit. So. Okay. Wow, yeah. it's so weird seeing a People.com article quote Chomo. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the horrific, awful story of Jared Fogle. Yeah, he uh, sucks. Oh, in 2016... Oh, yeah. In 2016, the lawsuit was dismissed due to jurisdiction issues in which they alleged that Subway execs covered up a 2004 incident where Joe Fogel propositioned a young girl at a promo event in Vegas. Jesus. Very believable story. Yeah, very believable. Uh, in 2017, he submitted a motion for his release, arguing that he couldn't be tried because he was a sovereign citizen. Wow. And that's. I was like, you are the fucking worst. Piece fucking piece of shit. Hate, Literally the worst. Literally the worst. Um, yeah, so, you know. That's Jared Fogle. I think this is a spicy. Yeah, episode. I think this is a spicy episode. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the guys, other guys saved lives. Yeah, saved children's a ton lives. of fucking lives. Good. Yeah, a ton of lives. That's hard to say. It, it is. might be kind of balanced. It's. I think. It's, I mean, Jared Fogle didn't kill anybody. I think Jared he probably Fogle, ruined some lives. I think the Jared Fogle story only hits as hard as because it's Jared Fogle. Like it's someone who was like a national face for fucking. God I mean, any like his crimes were horrific. Yeah, horrific. Like, he he did it all. He yeah. had the videos he perpetrated the acts he created content he's Horrible, literally dude. the fucking worst person yeah. uh hopefully My you get out of prison and get killed what's your recommendation yeah i i really do i hope yeah. his life's horrible yeah i hope you get out of prison and everything sucks i truly like is by all accounts it seems he has not improved or will not improve and does not regret anything nope. and I, I don't wish him any improvement in nope. his life at all not at all um, I will recommend for the week Poor Things. It's still in theaters. Please go see it because I love Yorgos Lanthimos and I want him to succeed and I love Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe. Nice. They're all great. Hell yeah. It's a great uh, movie. I'll recommend Arkansas because it is also a good movie. So go watch that. It's on Netflix. Um, It's on Netflix. Got Liam Hemsworth in it. Really good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. And Vince Vaughn, obviously. So um, we'll see you guys motherfucking next week. Be safe. Yeah, maybe I'll be working by then. <clears throat> Who knows? It's anyone's gamble at this point. It's anyone's game. Uh, be safe, be kind to others, be kind to yourself. Love you so much. Uh, bye-bye.